listening to episode 90 of the Get Around Podcast. God, every time you say a higher number and I'm sitting over here, I am just like, Jesus, that is a lot. Sorry. Nice round number to 90, yeah. That's, that's more than most grandmas and grandpas make it to. We talked about this. At like Thanks for bringing that down. <laughs> right. He's saying we're old or something. <laughs> Our podcast? I'm, I think we're becoming more and more experienced. Closing in as a centenarian. Yes. That big episode 100. Man. It's going to be a day to behold. <laughs> and, this is... and thanks for reminding everybody that their grandparents are dead. <laughs> everybody has their time. <laughs> but this episode is officially the first uh, that we're back on the internet since, really, since the beginning of the high school sports season. And I know you guys hosted the uh, Pit Spitters Year in Review, I guess you could call it, show a week ago uh, without me, but uh, not a whole lot of high school sports action in that podcast. We are going to get into some of that this week. Games have already started, been played. Over a week Winners now. determined. Yeah. For, for, I mean, that's, and that summer went by fast. Oh, yeah. So fast. Too fast. We had a summer. <laughs> what are you talking about? You went to South Haven I mean, for a couple weeks. I mean, I, I had a summer. That was about but it. <laughs> yeah, Jake, Jake did have a whole month off to, you know, do whatever. But that's all in the past. We're not worried about that now. No, we're excited that the season is here, and we've got a great show lined up for you. Uh, but first, uh, our sponsors of this show, Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah!, and uh, glad to have the Sandwich Masters on board with us again this year uh, as our sponsors. And upcoming in this show, uh, we'll get into a little bit about the camp tour that James and Jake have been on the last 10 days or so, trying to hit as many football teams as they can before the season kicks off on Thursday. Wow, that's crazy, too. Football is back, baby. Football is back. That's, that is what I like to hear. Yeah, I mean, what we've had college football on TV already, right? The which I haven't, got, I haven't got to watch any of it yet, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, that makes this time of year fun. Uh, we will throw back to a couple of weeks ago when we handed out our final award from the 2018-19 uh, school year, uh, which went to our School of the Year, Kingsley. And uh, I'll just say that we had some some salty. Salty individuals in our mention in our Twitter mentions uh, for a couple of days following that, and I promised those salty individuals that it would get talked about in a podcast. And uh, since that wasn't Pittsbitters related last week, uh, we will get into that today. Uh, we've also got Traverse City West Titan Joe Klein uh, of the tennis team uh, stopping by in studio to talk about West's big win over rival Traverse City Central, something that hasn't happened in many years. We're still not quite sure how many, but we know it's over a decade. It's yeah. definitely over a decade. It could be closer to two. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more like 15, I think. Because I, like, when Ed Bernard called and said that they had beat him, so like I got off the phone with him, and then I, one of the first things I did was text Jason Carmine and say, hey, do you remember when the last time you guys beat TC Central was? And he didn't remember a specific date. He just said that it was a, quote, long-ass time. <laughs> and I asked him if I could quote him on that. He didn't say no, so uh, we can push the envelope a little bit more here on the podcast, I well, guess. I mean, it's been a long time. Well, if nothing else, you yeah. didn't quote him in print. Yeah. Correct. So. Correct. So, uh, you know, so then I texted Larry Nykirk, and I was like, do you remember when the last time it happened? And he said he. And he said, wait, what? They beat us? <laughs> they never beat him. <laughs> I think is what he was. He he pointed out, but he said it was sometime in the early two thousands, like two thousand three or four, in in that span. There was a couple years where uh, where Larry retired the first time around, and took a few years off, and uh, it, was, it happened once in that uh, in that span. But nonetheless, big win. Yeah, big win, and uh, yeah, we we'll talked to Joe Klein about that, and then we will wrap up the show. Uh, with our first athlete of the week of the new year. Don't know if that's going to be a current athlete or not, but it is the return of the segment. And we'll finish up with a trifecta that uh, involves the Ironman 70.3 that took place in Traverse City and had many, many people very upset. We're not actually going to talk about those people. It was a cool event. Uh, we'll 
we got a fun little game. We're gonna yeah, play with, we'll, we'll do something play for with, you that guys with that later. <laughs> we'll wrap that up with the trifecta. But you guys have seen upwards of thirty, maybe thirty teams over the last ten days or so. It's right around. I think we're I think we're only five or six short out of our coverage area between the two of us. Yeah, you guys have your previews uh, slated to come out here all the way through kickoff of the first games, or the second games, really, on Friday. Uh, just a couple of takeaways from each of you as far as this camp tour goes. It's uh, always a, a fun but hectic uh, drive about the countryside. So what what did you see? I know, I know this is going to be really general when I say this, or uh, it might even just sound like too much, but... I mean, changes abound in football in northern Michigan when it comes to new players, new faces, new coaches. Um, I mean, how many new new quarterbacks are stepping into the fold this year on varsity? I, I don't think we actually realized how many that we lost last year. I think we have a group of like five or six guys who are going to be returning starters at quarterback across almost all of our teams. Uh, we've got a bunch of new coaches. Um, I mean, if we're going to sneak to a couple different places, um, you know, I guess it's pretty easy for me to see this, but I know, James, we talked about Glen Lake size. Yeah, <laughs> that was Jesus. <laughs> James texted me. I think it was like eleven thirty on Friday, and was like, "Jake, these kids are huge." And when he meant huge, we're talking five dudes who are six foot one and above. I think the the lightest guy is two thirty five. Yeah, that's Garrett Tremble, and I don't know if you saw if you've seen Glen Lake in the last couple of years, but he's a beast. And plays bigger than 235. And, I mean, oh, that, that offensive line is going to be something. Do you think you could throw over it if you were in the backfield? They, they have a 305-pound center. Wow. He's 6'4", 305. The reason why they can play him at center at 6'4 this year is because their quarterback is 6'7". Yeah. Reese Hazleton. Reese Hazleton, man. <laughs> talk, of that, talk about a big team right there. Yikes. And it's gonna, and they have, and then they have another like two hundred and seventy high pound kid that doesn't even play in the O line because they don't have room for him, so he just plays on D line. Don't have room for a, for a big guy on the O line. I haven't heard that one in Northern Michigan. Yeah, in a long I, time. I think I saw the uh, when I was gone. I think I saw the the lead somewhere. It was like size, size everywhere. There's size. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, <laughs> but that's all. That's all James could tell me. He was just like he felt like a dwarf talking to these kids, these seventeen and sixteen, seventeen year old kids. I mean, I never feel really small, but if I was standing around five dudes who were six foot two, three hundred pounds, I'm small. <laughs> but there's a, there's a lot of big kids out there this year. Yeah, I mean, we've got you know we've got the brother and offensive lineman. He's even bigger than he was last year. Yeah. Now he's six eight, three sixty. Holy smokes! And on an, an eight player field, he just so he is half. Yeah, he's half of a line. Yeah. Like he literally is the entire right side of a line. That works. And and it's probably the second biggest line that I've seen aside from Glen Lakes. Is Manistee Catholic, okay. like like their offensive line? Since you're eight players, you only have three of them. It's like two eighty five, two ninety five, and three hundred five. Some big boys, some big boys. TC West line uh, beefed up from last year. That's one thing I noticed. If we're talking about offensive lines at this point, um, TC West line definitely beefed up. They got some bigger guys. I didn't get measurements on them, uh, but there was a noticeable size difference. Um, even with Andy Soma going to be taken over under center. He's a bit bigger than uh, Sam DeKuyper was. That The whole offense looks a, a little bit bigger. Christian, Christian Brodin's gotten bigger, um, a couple of those guys. So I think the size there has been good. But, I mean, if we're talking about more changes. Um, well, they're going to throw a little bit more, I think, too. Yeah. Someone's got an arm. I saw him in a 7-on-7 seven seven this summer, and he's he's got a good arm. Well, and Coach Greg Vaughn might be a little disappointed with me saying this, but uh, he, he told me that there's changes coming. To the, disappoint him, man. Just yeah. disappoint the but hell out of him. He told me that there's going to be some some pretty good changes coming to TC West offense this year. Last year was more about getting everybody used to him and how he wants things to be done. Didn't want to change too much with a you know a quarterback who's been in the system for so long. Kind of feels like they have the trust and the confidence as a team to implement new stuff and really give Andy Soma's arm a chance to shine. Um, from what I saw last year, I can't really tell you what they're going to be able to do through the air, but I, it, they have a couple guys in the backfield who are really fast, and they still have receivers who can catch the football. Well, so, if you're asking me, and you didn't, but I'm going to tell you anyway, the Big North Conference feels pretty darn wide open at the moment. You know, Maybe West Central, Petoskey are, I don't know, co-favorites at this point? I don't, if, but, if, 
the only th- uh, only thing I'll say is that if West defense is like it was last year, I think they win the Big North for the third year in a row. That was, I mean, the other thing that I noticed, like I said, with a couple different coaching changes, um, like Frankfurt, you know, mm-hmm. Matt Stapleton steps down. That's weird. Yeah, uh, Ed Schindler steps in. Um, they they only have fourteen or fifteen guys. You know, it's starting to get to that point at eleven player football where it's tough for them. But they they want to stay competitive. It's good for them. They got Jack Stefanski back um, at quarterback, another six foot six guy, um, <laughs> another another big guy for Frankfurt. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a new look. Kalkaska's got a new coach. I was out there uh, with Justin Thalen. I feel like that's going to be a much different um, look for the Kalkaska Blazers. Not even just with like oh what offense he's going to run and all that. I mean, the guy's younger than I am. He's only twenty. He's just turned twenty five not too long ago. Uh, just got out of. Uh, college played safety at Alma, has coached a little bit in between the two, but I feel like you know I, I was just there at the at the scrimmage, and it seemed like the guys were responding well, everything like that. But I feel like when you have somebody that is that close um, to the to the players in age, there can be a culture shift much quicker, and I know that's exactly what they want at Kalkaska after having the worst season that they've had in a very long time last year, going 0 and 9, only putting up however many points. Uh, but I think that I think a culture change is really going to be a quick shift at Kalkaska, and you're going to see it in the first couple of weeks. Change is a bound, man. I mean, yeah. We're looking at three new quarterbacks in Traverse City. I mean, half of the NMFL is getting new quarterbacks, or basically have lost a lot of their playmakers. Um, another, another. There's there's a lot of underclassmen on varsity football this year, sophomores and then juniors who are going to be doing big big minutes. I think this year is going to, I mean, I'm not downing this year whatsoever, but I think this year is going to set up really nicely for some of these teams come next year and the year after because there's going to be some guys getting some big minutes because there was a lot of seniors um, from football that we, we talked about quite a bit last year that are off the radar now. And uh, there's going to be a lot of new people who are going to have to step up. And I mean, I mean I'm mean, i talking to even a couple of pe- or Coach John Prokes at Bear Lake. I mean, he's, he's booking on... Um, a bunch of three seniors and then a bunch of juniors to try and like build this team to be where it needs to be next year when they have that class. I think there's gonna be quite a few teams like that. Um, what else? That's probably it, not much fine. else. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, there, there's probably other things, but if we're unless we're gonna go too far into specific details with each team, oh. which you are gonna get in our previews all week long, couple a day. Keep a lookout. All right, before we immerse ourselves entirely in the current and upcoming weeks uh, of this season, I did want to return uh, to our School of the Year selection of Kingsley and uh, bring you know a very well-deserved uh, award and one that I don't think any of the three of us uh, would change our votes on, despite a small disgruntled few. But I did want to bring it up because, you know, their tweets were kind of funny. And um, and it's fun because we have a platform to be able to explain it to you guys. That's right. Even if you don't deserve an explanation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in no way is this your right. We just feel, you know, it would it'd be nice to tell you guys. So, yeah, Kingsley uh, earned our School of the Year award for 2018-2019. And several St. Francis, I think current and former, St. Francis athletes uh, jumped on, and, uh, you know, they weren't very receiving of the idea of Kingsley being the school of the year. And to a point, I could understand why they might be a little frustrated because, yeah, St. Francis had a very nice year last year, a very good year across the board in a lot of sports, which one would think uh, could be the basis of the award given, which, again, to a degree, it is. But you can't just look at everything uh, in a vacuum. You have to have context with such things, and these gentlemen were missing that context. Um, let's see. I'm going to call them out here one by one, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. I think Keaton Peck, uh, a former guest on this show, he, uh, he accused us of... And, and a guy who I've seen around town way uh, too many times in the last two weeks. That, that, we, uh, that we felt bad for Kingsley, and that's why we picked them. Brandon Huggard uh, jumped in on that tweet from Peck and uh, to remind everyone that uh, St. Francis did indeed beat Kingsley in football twice. Um, you know, that their volleyball team had uh, went 
just as far, if not one round further. I think yeah, yeah, they made semifinals, yeah. Kingsley made quarterfinals. And that somehow uh, us choosing Kingsley would, would sell more papers than choosing a Traverse City school. That doesn't make any uh, sense. Which, yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of just, sense. Just so you know, that makes absolutely no sense. Tyler Rivette uh, tweeted that we didn't know how to spell St. Francis. That was a clever enough joke. I can, I can. I won't take that as your salty. You're That's trying funny. to be it funny. Was. It was. Artie Dutmers uh, brought up the volleyball team and said, "Hats off to the volleyball team, though they made it almost as far as ours." And then, actually, the real reason that this topic made the show uh, was because Brandon Huggard actually just asked a simple question and uh, wanted some uh, reasoning of the decision. And since they're the ones that didn't get chosen i'm okay with with uh, providing them the reason and that was that was also in reply to uh tommy gallagher who uh made a bunch of check marks next to football baseball volleyball basketball. basically anything that they want head to head yeah exactly so how do, we, how do we want to start this off <laughs> well i just want to start it off again by saying no regrets here for choosing kingsley you know my biggest argument here is this award never has been and I doubt ever will be based simply upon head-to-head matchups. I think that's the last thing that we look at. Not the last thing, but it's well, not, I it's think, not at the I top think of we the even list. talked about it that in the case of this year, we didn't look at it at all. Yeah. Like, that literally was not even important to uh, this conversation. And I think one of my main, th- main points uh, in determining which school I was going to vote for, and the reason it was Kingsley... Uh, in part has to do with expectations. You know, they are quick to point out that St. Francis beat Kingsley twice last year on the football field. And that's indeed true. But what they fail to see, uh, that context that I was talking about, is the fact that St. Francis was a one-loss team the year before. They had almost all their starting players coming back, knew they were going to be really good again. They were all seniors. They were all seniors. Kingsley won one game the year before, even with the return of Tim Moore leaving Traverse City West and coming back to coach Kingsley, nobody in their right mind actually thought Kingsley was going to win a district championship last year. And in my opinion, Kingsley's 10-2 and record is exponentially greater than St. Francis's run, even though they beat Kingsley both times. Like in, in When I look at it, Kingsley's season was far greater, far more impressive, not because of who they beat individually, but because of the year that they had, what they had to overcome to get there, and the fact that they exceeded expectations by a mile. But hold on, I, I want to take this conversation away from football for a second. Oh yeah, because there's other the, stuff no, but no, but this, but this is the thing. But this, uh, the expectations as a whole, it wasn't just the football program. We're talking right. about several different sports that we're going to bring up here in a second that every team exceeded expectations. Volleyball, beating Cadillac, getting to that quarterfinal for mm-hmm. the first time. Baseball, winning their first league championship in like 14 years. Track and field. Mm-hmm. Literally, there's soccer program. So, yes, first conference championship in program history. Getting to, get to the district championship game, I think, for maybe one of the first times ever. Exactly. Like, you know, and, yep. and those are kind of his, those are kind of groundbreaking achievements. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing against you know. St. Francis. That that's 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 a, that's what's good for you guys is that you're yeah. you're able to expect those type of things. <clears throat> but we, I, I know when we all talked about it, we looked back on it. It was never Kingsley versus St. Francis. We were we're, we're sitting around here. We have. 35 schools that we look at. We try to take a total resume from everybody. Right. If I, if I was going to punch a hole uh, in these gentlemen's arguments uh, about not, you know, about selling more papers in Kingsley than Traverse City, if it was about that, uh, I mean, no offense, but we'd probably overlook St. Francis because Central or West would, would win this award every year. If, if that's, that's the what, case. What, what we're about because it, you figure in head-to-head or, or – how you might imagine head-to-heads would go since you don't get Central and West playing St. Francis all that often. And generally speaking, the bigger schools are always going to win that award if you're going to simply base it off the fact of who beat who. Who beat who or who beat, yeah, who beat who beat who, yeah. Yeah, or the perception of who would beat who, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think think the biggest thing for me with Kingsley was, and it wasn't even just their teams, some of their athletes Mm -hmm. really excelled. I mean, we had Brittany Bowman, our female athlete of the year, I mean, three sports, killed it. I mean, Kingsley even had 
uh, Austin DeWeese commit to Central Michigan, first Division I uh, volleyball player for them. Big, you know, big things happened at Kingsley this year. All at the same time, all yeah. in the same first, year. First Division One full ride scholarship. Of at all for, exactly for that school. I mean, that's a that's a big thing. Yeah, and that's not something that comes by every day. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, just I think I think it was more or less when we went through this. Kingsley ticked so many boxes that said they. They are at least in the upper echelon, if not the ones who, who need to be selected for this. Um, every time we talked about, you know, volleyball, Kingsley was in the conversation. Every time we talked about baseball, they're in the conversation. Every time, and it's not just because of, you know, the, the way we see things. It's what happened this year. And, I mean, like you said, with St. Francis, they're expected to be good. And I know the guys out there expect them to be good. The guys who are on Twitter coming at us, that's exactly why they're at this point saying, listen, we know that we're this good. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, you, I loved seeing the competitiveness yeah. after this. Like I was like, that's awesome that these guys are, want this award so badly. Well, and, then, and that's, that's the thing is uh, I, I guess we didn't look at it in a very individualistic terms. It was the school as a whole is what impressed us, is what I think it, is what it was. And I, it, nothing, once again, nothing against St. Francis and you guys, but... Every time you turn, something new was happening at Kingsley. Something bigger, something better, and it was it was really just a huge success of a year in 2018 and 2019 for the Kingsley Stags. Do you guys think it's the expectation of St. Francis that they're going to win School of the Year all the time? In their minds, possibly. I think <laughs> maybe. Who knows? But of course, it's going to be disappointing when you don't get the top spot. Just like in the playoffs, if you expect to be the top dog, it's gonna, it's going to stink when you're not. But Shake, things don't always shake out. Hey, there's always next year, St. Francis. Right? Keep, hey, keep, St. Francis, keep up the good work, and trust me, you'll be up there in the conversation again next year. It's like the Capital One Cup. Yes. Exactly. Oh, sure. Yeah, exactly. Capital One is not our sponsor, but Jimmy John's is. Two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Now, does Jimmy John's have... Jimmy John's? Does Jimmy John's have an exclusive rights over our podcast? No. Yeah, so, hey, if anybody else wants to sponsor us, come on down. <laughs> Capital One, I'm calling you. I need a pay bump. It'll be good. <laughs> with that, let's go ahead and listen to our interview with Traverse City West tennis captain Joe Klein, uh, who came by the Get Around Podcast studio to chat about the Titans' big win over Traverse City Central on Saturday, as well as this year's expectations for the surging Titans. I'm excited to welcome in Joe Klein to the Get Around Podcast studio. Uh, Joe is a member of the Trevor City West Titans tennis team, a three-year varsity player, first year as a captain this time around, and uh, the Titans got the season started off uh, on a strong note, particularly on Saturday when they went against rival Trevor City Central and beat the Trojans for the first time in more than a decade. Uh, Joe played a part in that, so we're glad that he can join us in studio today. Joe, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was a pretty dominating victory, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, Won seven out of eight flights, right? Seven of eight flights. So yeah. does that make it any sweeter that you guys didn't just squeeze by? You guys really showed them uh, you guys are the team to beat this year. Yeah, it definitely made it sweeter considering last year. We only lost, I think, 3-5 last year. So we were really close to beating them. And, you know, by just dominating this year, it really felt great. So I got to ask, how, when, a, when a streak like that is ongoing for so long, are you guys aware of it? I mean, you're a three-year varsity player. How conscious of the fact going into Saturday were you that we have not beaten these guys in practically forever? Um, I We all knew that we it's been a while since we beat them, but we all stayed positive because we saw that they lost a lot of guys last year and we didn't lose very many. So we felt confident coming in that we could beat them this year. We're... Oh, go ahead, Jake. I, was gonna say, I know I've, I've spent a little bit of time with your team already at the beginning of the season, and uh, it seemed like this was the expectation. This is exactly what you guys were aiming for. And, I mean, obviously there's a lot more to come, but I remember when I coached, talked to Coach Bernard, he said in the early season, that's what you guys had your eyes set on. I mean, is that what you guys have been talking about all summer throughout tryouts, kind of working to this point? Yeah, I mean, we won regionals last year, so we ended on a strong note last year, and 
we just wanted to keep it going and really dominate not only the region but the conference. How big of a difference was it? I mean, the last couple of years, it's you know, West tennis program has been coming on, um, and, and everybody's kind of been like, is this the year they're going to beat Central? Is this the year they're going to beat Central? And it doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen. Does that kind of get into your guys' heads a little bit, knowing that it's been it's at least 15 years, I think? Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us really thought about that. Um, you know, we're, I'm pretty close with a lot of the guys on the Central team, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, talking to them before the season, we could kind of see that what we were going up against. Mm-hmm. So did you give them some gruff afterwards? Maybe guys a little enough? bit, yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're a senior this year. You've been with the program. What has the progression been like in your three years as a varsity player as far as the program is concerned? Because, you know, as we've kind of already mentioned, hadn't beat Central, now you beat Central. You've got other bigger goals down the line. But the building blocks to get to these accomplishments, when did you start noticing them taking place? Well, I started noticing when my older brother was playing right before me. Um, I saw that you know they we didn't really have a strong team at all, and we barely were able to even have any JV players. So then after my class came in, we had a big class, and then the class behind us, we started building up. And we kind of started with seeing like the new Y programs. Um, a lot of us were playing throughout the winter too, and we just saw that progression really like shoot way forward than it's ever been. Now I know uh, you know Coach Bernard is only in his second year. You've obviously been with the varsity program even longer than that. Uh, but him coming in last year, you guys winning a regional title. I know obviously he's very uh, I'm gung ho about your guys' goals this year. Um, what do you think that he's been able to do to help you guys, you know, move forward in that progression or the steps in that progression? Um, I mean, his son was the coach before he came in, so we kind of knew who he was. But I think it was nice that he could kind of give us a different perspective on how we could play the game and rebuild up our our dominant team. What's something about tennis that, you know, people who haven't played the sport that they don't know or don't realize about the game that makes it so challenging? Um, I think they don't realize how much effort actually goes into playing the game because, you know, watching from the sidelines, you don't see the strategy or anything. But me as a doubles player, I'm always looking to poach, which, you know, cut off balls and take it and take the net and win points. And just watching it, on TV or something, you just don't really see that. And what about the team aspect? Because I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the doubles aspect. Uh, your your partner on Saturday was Jackson Tisdale. Does each flight sort of just focus on themselves and then, you know, whatever the cumulative result is, it is? Or is or what is the team aspect like despite all the indi- individual results? Um, you know, even though we are very individual, we're really closely knit as a team. So, um, you know, during practices, yeah, we'll be with a doubles partner, but if you switch me up with any of the other players on the team, I could play with them and still be a good team. So if you have a, a new, somebody comes out for the team for the first time, what's the hardest thing to teach them at first if it's somebody who's new to tennis? Um, I would say trying to get the spin on the ball. Because a lot of people come in and they just kind of hit the ball flat. And that was my problem at first, too. And it takes a little bit while to get that spin on it. Um, but once you get that on it, and you've got to build the confidence. And that's really where we tend to aim for. Mm-hmm. You kind of really got to kind of roll over it when you hit yeah. it kinda and, to get that spin. Yeah, and then there's a couple different grips that you can use. and Yeah. Now, uh, I, I know you mentioned for, for that central match this weekend, uh, where you guys started off with, you guys had two, two tournaments before you saw central, two, two matches before you saw central, correct? Yep. So you had a couple weeks, you guys have started to work out some of the kinks. You know, so you guys, like you said, you, you had a, Jackson, was your, that was your first tournament together as a doubles partner against central, or? Um, I played with him last year, too. Okay. So we did beat him last year as a duo. Okay. Um, but we kind of knew each other, and we could, easily played with each other so um you know switching up with and becoming partners with him again was just kind of like a throwback and a lot of fun for me yeah and especially probably because you guys beat central last year you're like yeah we already know if we were better than them last year me and you get together let's go ahead and get them this time so what was the reaction like i mean maybe depending on how the results or how quickly they came in 
there was a point while the match was still going on that you already knew you had beaten them as a team, but when everybody was able to come together and, I guess, celebrate that, what was that like? Well, for me, I was the on the court, and I clinched the win. So I got the fifth win that beat them. So it was a lot of fun because Mr. Fisher, who has two kids on the team, was super excited to see it, and he's very involved. So um, he was taking pictures. He was, you know, laughing with us, and we were uh, very confident that, you know, we could finally do this, and we're looking forward to doing it again when we want to want him later this year too. How much confidence has it given you that at the beginning of the season you're already the ones who are being looked at as a favorite? Um, that gives us a lot of confidence considering last year we finished in third. Um, so knowing that we can you know, beat Central um, and we've seen Potoski play and we're pretty confident going up against them. So um, we're just really confident going back into there and trying to clinch our second ever title. Now, you guys did have uh, that regional title last year. Just what would it mean in your senior year to kind of get back to that point or even push further? It would mean a lot, especially for my family, because my brother's, you know, gone through it, and he didn't. He barely, they were barely missing out on states when he was playing. So for us to, you know, win that region, it felt really special, and if we could do it again, it would be even better. How cool was it to win that match on, on their court in their tournament? Oh, it was a lot of fun. Um, definitely gave us bragging rights against them. So, um, but you know, it felt even cooler to do it there instead of at our home um, because you know they have all their friends there too. So you know, to see them go down with their friends there, kind of, you know. It's gotta, it's gotta be pretty nice seeing all the the banners that they have up there at the tennis complex too, with all those years and everything on yeah. there. And you go, well, not this year, <laughs> not this year. <laughs> so where where uh, the conference tournament and regional is going to be at? Uh, the conference tournament, I believe, is going to be at West, um, and then regionals will be in Midland. Okay. So lay it out for us. You, you you've talked about the, well, beating Central was a goal. Winning conference is a goal maybe repeating as regional champs, but, I mean, how, how far does this do the goals extend out for uh, you personally and then as a team as well? I mean, what, what have you guys put up there on the, you know, I don't know if you have a goal board or something like that, but how far do they go? I mean, ultimately our goal is to win states, and, you know, we made it last year, and it was kind of an experience for all of us to actually be there. Um, so, you know, now that we kind of know what we're getting into, um, we want to push really far and get deep into that state's tournament and hopefully come out with the trophy. What did you learn from that process? What was what was unexpected? I mean, obviously it was all kind of unknown because you hadn't made it there before, but what surprised you? I mean, the level of play there, uh, you know, going from our region, we had a fairly high level of play, but seeing, you know, the region winners and even the runner-ups from you know the other regions of the state it's just a lot higher level of play than I would have ever thought of seeing so let's talk about Joe Klein off the tennis court I mean what do you what do you like to do besides play tennis um, I play a lot of video games and then I'm a pretty solid student so that those are really my main focuses so better vi- better gamer or better student <laughs> I would probably say I'm a better student. Okay. <laughs> Which game are you better at? Ooh, I don't know. Or like, what's your game of choice? My game of choice, as of right now, I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption. Okay. Um, and then a little bit of Battlefront, uh, the Star Wars game. Okay. okay. Nice. So you're a first-person shooter type of guy? Yep. So I actually had somebody ask me this question uh, over the weekend because, you know, they know that I cover sports, so they were curious my take on eSports. Do you get into watching other people play games, and when you see like a 16 or 17-year-old winning a multi-million dollar pot for playing a game, what does that make you think about? (laughs) I mean, I always thought it was kind of cool that, you know, it's actually, you know, you can make money on it. And, you know, we all laugh because my other captain, Quinn, uh, he does a live stream for Fortnite, Okay. So we all kind of laugh that, you know, he's trying to get on that and, you know, we're all just kind of like sit back and watch him do it. So what's your gamer tag? My gamer tag 
Uh, I don't remember what my gamer tag actually is. What about Quinn? He's, he's, he's streaming. What's his? Is yeah. it a good one? <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's... I think it's like Q-Man or something like that. Okay. I know my gamer tag off the back of my head. So just <laughs> in case anybody asks for it in the streets, they want to play some games. Is it Catnip, Jake? <laughs> no, it used to be. Oh, did it? It okay. used to be until my brother got put on some, like, this one guy, some streamer or whatever. Like, my brother destroyed him in GTA Five, and this guy made, like, a YouTube video about my brother. And I had about two and a half years, I had, like, 10 to 12-year-olds messaging me every day. <laughs> like, screw you. Like, you can't mess with him. And, uh, yeah, I, after a while, because my brother was playing on my account because he got banned from GTA on his account, of course, and it was, like, two and a half years before I was like, all right, like, I have to change this because, like, it's still on YouTube and people, like, people just message me randomly. But, uh, yeah, it's Mr. Balloon Hands with three O's and a Z. Hmm. All right. I'm not going to ask yeah, for... No, I'm not no, going to ask gonna, for... Uh, I'm just going to leave that. For, for greater explanation. All right, so you said students, so what... What do you like to do, uh, or your favorite classes in school, or what you think you're, you you want to do uh, after? Well, I'm really good at math, so I've been looking at going into, like, different engineering degrees. Um, my top right now is aeronautical engineering, so I've been very interested in airplanes from just around what my family has, so it's just one of my top priorities to try to go into that field. Do you have pilots in your family or all just other engineers that kind of do that or what's the... Um, well, I've both my, or a couple of my uncles uh, are engineers for uh, like Chrysler and GM. And then my dad is actually the uh, airport director here in town. Oh, okay. So I kind of grew up around airplanes and learning about that stuff. And so I was just kind of piqued in interest. But you'd rather build them than fly them? Oh, yeah. Why? I, I've always just been more interested in building stuff, so. All right. I mean, I think I'd rather fly a plane, but that's just because then I wouldn't have to do all the work to build it, and I could just have fun <laughs> flying it. It'd be really nice. Uh, but I'm sure that, 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 that'll be an accomplishment when you build a plane and then you see it take off and actually fly in the sky. You're like, wow, I didn't kill 10,000. <laughs> wow, way to take it there, Jake. <laughs> that's what's on the line. That's what's true. on the line. You're putting lives on the line. Same thing if you're flying, though. Yeah. And then it's out of your hands at that point. <laughs> then it's their fault. Let's jump into the Freaky Fast Five and nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. Joe, what scene in a movie gives you goosebumps every time you watch it? You know, I, I watch a lot of Top Gun, and I, that movie, you know, when that plane, or when Goose, you know, shoots out of the plane and dies, that always gives me the chills and makes me really, that's probably the only movie that really makes me feel something like sad and gives me the chills when I watch it. So you're excited that they're re- that they're making another Top Gun? I'm definitely interested in it, yeah. Is that maybe why you don't want to fly planes and you want to build them? No. <laughs> <laughs> if you could start a charity, what would it be for? Oh, I'd probably start a charity for, you know, younger kids, try to get them more into sports because I've noticed, at least with my younger brothers and stuff, that a lot of them don't go out and play a lot of sports. They just kind of sit at home. So I would try to, you know, have something that would support them going out and, you know, finding something in the sports world. How could carousels, now you want to be an engineer, so I feel like I'm asking a really good question now by complete luck. How could carousels be spiced up so they're more exciting? You could change, like, the horses into, you know, planes or cars or something, you know, make it, or you can even make it go a little bit faster and make it dragons. I think you should add, like, water sprinklers or, like, foam sprinklers. <laughs> just, they're spinning around, just get a splash off the side. Just at random. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't tell the people before it starts. Yeah, just, <laughs> like, the random places, not from the inside of the carousel, it's people from outside, so you can't really see them when you're spinning, they're just spraying you, and there's nothing you can do, and they come by, you're like, all right. That was Joe's question, but... <laughs> Sorry. He said planes, trains, and automobiles. I always answer these questions now that I think about it. <laughs> if you could choose your dreams, what would you prefer to dream about? Oh, it's actually a pretty tough one. I don't know. I think I'd dream about, you know, being a hero or authority figure of some sort. You know, kind of be like the 
person everyone looks up to as like a either a superhero or something like that. Cool. And last one, on a scale of pour a bowl of cereal to a perfectly seared steak, how good of a cook are you? I am macaroni and cheese. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Blue box or easy or are we get Okay, okay. He, at least he's doing craft. I'll say Brett over here brought some easy mac into the office a couple weeks ago. He gave it to me which I was grateful for. That was craft though. I don't know what it was, but it was, craft. It was easy mac. Yes. Cuz we moved in there was those just piles and oh piles my of God. Crap. Oh, that, and that was actually the box mac and cheese, though. Oh, yeah. The, the easy mac. I should have. You guys promised I could have taken some of those, and I didn't do it. I should have walked out with like a handful. All right. <laughs> well, Joe, uh, thank you so much for joining the Get Around and uh, coming in studio here to chat with us. We really appreciate the time and uh, wish you and the Titans nothing but the best of luck over the rest of the season. All right. Thank you very much. Another big thank you to Joe Klein for joining this week's episode of The Get Around. If you want to read more about the Traverse City West Titans tennis program and what they've got planned uh, for the upcoming season, uh, make sure to check out our fall special section detailing all the fall sports and teams across our region, uh, which will be included in Thursday, August 29th edition of the Record Eagle. Again, that's a special section outside of your standard everyday uh, sports section of the paper. Uh, 32 pages, great photos, uh, great even sto- better writing. great storytelling from uh, the three of us, and uh, we uh, encourage you to take a look at that and uh, learn about the players who are going to be carrying so many teams this season. That conversation brought to you by Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. And James has dug up his cell phone, scoured Twitter, and I believe he has our first AF tweet of the week for this school year. It's not really of the this week. It's uh, it's of a week. Oh. Because this is from a couple weeks ago, but we That's haven't fine. done an AF tweet of the week for a while. James has been holding it. Yeah. Yep. Hold on to this like one. Like during a really good movie. So this is... <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we should have done this one on the episode that we did with the Pit Spitters because it's very... It's the Pit Spitters. It's, 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 it's. Yeah, it's the Spit Pitters, as Brennan says. Uh, this is from Caleb Lang, the hitting coach from the Traverse City Pit Spitters. He says, uh, the Northwest League Baseball Coach of the Year, Coach Reeves. Never a doubt, except for when we started 12 and 13. But after that, never a doubt. <laughs> you should have read that to Reeves last week. I'm sure he's seen it. But you definitely should have said that to Reeves last week. That he probably would have he, agreed. I'm sure he saw it, being he was tagged. Yeah, he was it. tagged in it. Yeah. But I'm sure he would have agreed. There was See, no doubt. That's the kind of quality content that we're looking for for this segment. Yeah. We need people to step so, up their Twitter game. Yeah. I mean, you guys can't just be like us and throw a bunch of meme or memes out there, yeah. you know, for a night and expect it to stick. I think we did pretty well. We did. I mean, I'm not about patting myself on the oh, back. Oh, because but. you won the vote that you put on your Twitter? No, I put it, it was on mine, actually. I put a poll on my Twitter. Everybody voted for Brett. Uh. You finished third on your own Twitter account. <laughs> it's okay. I'll be like Brendan. It's self-deprecating in the first place. I was, I was yeah. expecting to lose. I told you guys, my GIF game is definitely not strong. I never know what to search when I'm trying to look for a GIF. And then when I do, I mean, my phone is also really slow, so, like, it's not even worth trying to find one. I'll just put in what I'm going to say. But, uh... Hey, I was pretty happy, though. We, I, Well, I did. I don't know about your individual tweets, because I don't get notifications for those, obviously. No, but I was just... actually getting some people to jump in and and put some... Uh, Other GIFs and GIFs stuff? GIFs and GIFs of nah, their own. Uh, there was a couple. A couple people replied to them. Uh, no, but nothing was like the, just the video that you took. That was I saw that. that they had a few thousand views. Probably a bunch yeah, more. Yeah, that by blew now. up a little bit. Yeah, had five or six hundred likes there on Twitter. That was nice. So yeah, that was a, maybe this podcast is going to blow up with five or six hundred. That was likes pretty on cool Twitter. to cover that league championship. I will, I will say. That it was, was cool that all three of us were there. That was really awesome. First year inaugural, really hammered down on the pit spitters at the end of the season. So we've got the high school sports angle covered. We got we talked about that to open the show. We had the get we had Joe Klein in as a guest. We talked about the Pitt Spitters, you know, Northwoods League champs in their first season, which was pretty remarkable. Uh, 
And now, in the trifecta, we get to talk about the one other big moment of the summer that just happened yesterday. Sunday, the race that pissed off the day the, the, the day Northern Michigan stood still. Yeah, that's right. Except for the 3,000-plus Ironman people who rode 70, ran, swim, and bike 70 Iron the Iron Men and women? Is that what they become if you're pluralizing, or is it Iron Man participants? Or? I don't know. I suppose it doesn't matter. I would, I'll just go with participants, because there's the weird gender things nowadays. But we... we uh, yeah, no, we had 3,000 people bike, swim, and run 70.3 miles yesterday morning. Shut down, what, 50, major 56 miles? Major streets and roads across multiple counties. Yeah, all the way out to Leelanau County, almost to Glen Lake, right? Which and did then, not please a lot of people. Yeah, no, there was definitely some some backlash about it. I feel like this is probably one of those things where it's the vocal minority that make it seem like it was negatively received. Oh, well, there, though, even though it was probably overwhelmingly received, there was people positively received all over the city. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't know if that's just because they had to get out of their cars and walk everywhere, but <laughs> <laughs> but there was people lined up all the way down. Uh, down the parkway, past uh, West Bay Beach, walking up and down the roads, all the way up and down Front Street, it was loaded up. Everybody that we talked to at the event was pretty stoked about it. I mean, I think I think the I think the biggest thing is is that the people up here are used to a lot of the hometown races that are run mm-hmm. with Bayshore and all that type of stuff, where they basically they, they don't shut things down. They kind of just like push everything off to the side a little bit and just kind of like maybe narrow a road to one lane for a few hours or whatever. But I just don't know that everybody kind of grasps the gravity of what Ironman actually is. Like, it's an international competition mm-hmm. that travels place to place and sets up. And I what, mean, 40 states and eight countries yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, this is an international competition, and uh, everybody, oh, they're worried about I, I'm just talking about it is so much different in its stakes and in its um, preparation than just a marathon or a 15K or, a, or even something like the Cherry Bay bike race that just went through downtown, you know, where it's only shut down for two and a half hours um, for the start and the finish or whatever. It's it's definitely different. I mean, this is people, this is basically an ultra marathon on three different types of you so, know, surface. So before we get to the trifecta itself, I mean, what was the wildest thing that each of you saw yesterday or something that surprised you or you hadn't really anticipated about? You know what surprised itself? me is I when we you you been at Bayshore with me, I mean, it's a, it was a lot more humid in Bayshore. Like, yesterday's weather was pretty pristine, like 73 degrees. I mean, the, the swimmers told me that the water was warmer than it was outside when they got in, and it was clear as a board. So, like, all of the participants... Clear as a board. How, or how, clear as glass, how, sorry. How clear still is a board? Still as a board, clear as glass. Still as a board, clear as glass. <laughs> but, uh, but they, I mean, every runner that we talked to loved it. I mean, that's always what happens in the road races and stuff up here, but they loved it. They were like, Lake Michigan, it couldn't have been better, anything like that. But I think the craziest thing, I went back and I thought about Bayshore and how many people came across that finish line and just needed the medical tent. Yeah. Like, they just need, they were just, they would collapse or they just needed to sit down. I mean, I, I think it might just be because these people are a little bit, maybe more conditioned than just the average runner who's running a marathon because they are doing, you know, a 1.2-mile swim, a 56-mile bike ride than whatever, nine-mile run. A ton of specific training required but, to complete an event like exactly. this. Exactly. But, I mean, just it was it was actually just really, really crazy to see the first, what, 30 or 40 finishers, the top ones, come across the finish line and basically be A-OK. Right? Yeah. Within, within 30 seconds, they were ready to chat with you. They're, they caught their breath, had a half bottle of water, were starting to drink the champagne and the alcohol. They're like, yeah, this sounds like a good time. Maybe one or two people in the, whatever, hour and 40 minutes that we were sitting down at the finish line I saw go into the medical tent, maybe just to get some hydration, but I was just purely amazed at, like, the, I guess the quality of those athletes. After 70.3 miles, nobody was collapsing, nobody was, you know, everybody came across the finish line with a smile on their face. Yeah, that was one thing that stood out to me, too, is, you know, like at the Bayshore Marathon and any of these other long-distance races, you know, you see these people that are pushing themselves through the whole thing, and they cross the finish line, and then they are just down. Yeah. You know, you see people who literally cross the finish line and will just fall. Yeah, or, they know, need to be or, caught. Or they look like they've got baby calf legs all of a sudden, you know. You know, or they, somebody crosses the finish line and then pukes. Yeah. You know, at the Bayshore, that's not an uncommon thing. Didn't see any of that at this. Nothing. These people are crossing the finish line, and then they're, like, hugging each other and then walking around like like it was no big deal. The second-place finisher did have a funny thing in the in the men's, though, where he went and sat on the podium. 
afterwards and, and was just sitting there oh, yeah. you know, to catch his breath for a little bit. And uh, then they were like telling him, you know, oh no, we got to do the pictures and everything like that. And he was just like, he's like, oh, you mean I got to move? Oh, <laughs> oh. But. But, probably he probably just had to move from like second place to third place or something. <laughs> no, from third place to second place. You're moving up the podium, my friend. But yeah, no. From what I heard, I talked to a couple volunteers. I talked to participants. I guess I didn't really talk to anybody who wasn't some way involved without a family member there or some type of thing. I, I don't think I talked to any just quote unquote like man on the street and got their perspective. Um, but overall, with the exception of like you said, the vocal minority. I think it was pretty well received. I think, according to everybody that I talked to, it went off without a hitch. Everybody enjoyed it. Everybody said that the course was one of the best Ironman courses that they've ever done. And I'm like, with all the places that it's been, once again, I think that just says a lot about this, what this city has to offer and kind of what the city, I'm not saying owes to anybody else, but what they can offer to everybody else. And that's pretty much the sentiment I got, too. Every racer that I talked to said that they said this is one of their favorite ones that they've ever done and that they'll be back and, you know, they just loved it. They said it was well-run. You know, they said all the Ironman races are well-run, but they said this one was just went off without a hitch, kind of, you know. And, Exceptional. And, yeah, there was people who complained about traffic and stuff like that, but it's like, you knew this was coming for months. Yeah. And to be fair. And then you didn't complain fair. until We can complain afterwards. about traffic in Traverse City during the summer every day of the week. Yeah, it's a city so, of festivals. Nobody can complain about traffic <laughs> in this city. It's a city of festivals. I'm just glad that the Winter Comedy Festival is coming back. Oh, I love that. Those are going to be a Winter Festival now? Comedy, yeah, Winter Comedy Festival. Oh, Comedy Festival. Yes. Ooh, stand-up comedy. Oh, I love that one. But yeah, so now, I mean, Iron Man was basically the big, la- the last big thing for, like, downtown Traverse City, if I'm not mistaken. So. Well, before this podcast runs to the Winter Comedy Festival... Let's yeah. actually do the trifecta now. <laughs> and the three of us were going to try to figure out Hey, you asked. If we were if we were allowed to split up Sunday's event, which one of us would do each uh, portion? The swim, which was one point two miles. miles. The bike, which was fifty six six and then the full marathon. Or no, it's not half, it's, half, I think. Or it's a half about a half. Thirteen miles, I think is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah, it was 13 miles. There's no way it was a full marathon by then. Yeah. Just running down the whole thing the was a half triathlon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so my question is, which one of you guys are doing the run? Not me. Nah, that's what I... I <laughs> <laughs> I'm, down, I'm down to take the bike. 56 miles. It is the longest. I think I might be able to keep the endurance up for you fellas. Be able to, to go the, the full two and two, probably three hours for me. I think they finished it in like two hours and 14 minutes was the first women. 56 miles, two hours and 14 minutes. I think I could do the 56-mile bike. I'll tell you this much. A 1.2-mile swim, I'm going to die. Yeah. Especially that, in Lake Michigan, I'm going to die. I drop. wanted to say that I could that I could do the 1.2-mile swim, but at some point I'd be treading water and... I better have a life jacket. And yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we're, me, just talking, we're just talking to oh, be able to, yeah. to do it, not, let, not let be me, at a competitive level. Let me, I mean, we're talking... Let me swim the 1.2 miles with a couple of arm, arm floaties on. <laughs> I'm okay with that, so you can take a rest there for a minute. Yeah, I... Uh, a kayak the 1.2 miles, how about that? I don't think that's a lot. I said, do you want to no. make this a dumbed-down no. version where they're like, okay, you kayak the 1.2, and then you... Do I get to drive my car three, for the yeah, I was gonna say, like I was going to say, you like <laughs> hoverboard for the 56, and then, I don't know, but... Uh, I don't know if I could do that either, Jake. I can tell you this much. Out of those three events, the only one that I actually think I could do, which sounds like it would be the hardest, is a 56-mile bike ride. I honestly don't know that I would make it 1.2 miles without being able to actually, like... Because, like, when you're swimming... Touch the bottom. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, dude, you make it, like, say you get a good swimming, and then you're nice and tired. You have to still tread water to survive. Like, uh, I don't know. Riding a bike, I could at least, like, cruise. They said it was really hilly and, quote-unquote, engaging... So that sounds like a fun part. And, man, like, I'm, I can literally tell you I've never ran more than, like, two miles at a time. So 13. I've done, like, a 20-mile bike ride. Well, but see, the thing about the the running or the, the half marathon, I mean, if, if, being a com- if being competitive isn't part of it, like, you can just walk and you could finish. Yeah. That's true. There's not much... So okay, I say there's not much, but there's not much of a risk of death. Right. So yeah. I, 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 I kind of feel like the swim is the only one that actually risks your life. Yeah. And I know they've got boats out there to sort of, you know. All right, guys, I'll take the hit and jump in the water for you boys. Risk my life for the team. 
And I and for some reason I was thinking it was a full marathon. I mean, not that I could run a half marathon any yeah. any better, but um, I could probably piece thirteen miles together over the course of like ten hours. That'd be fine. <laughs> okay, being competitive or not being competitive and not finishing the race before they take down the finish line are two different stories. Hey, I'm taking the run. What what do you what do you want from me? I mean, can you swim? I could probably do it. Yeah. I would take me a long time. Yes, I swam one mile when I was in high school once. Man, I barely across swam back a one mile lake. Pool. Like, it's good for me to get. But also, I was in high school a long time ago. Just well, and see here's I'm gonna the, here's take the, the other thing. I'm gonna take the long endurance ride that is obviously it's got to get done. It's the hardest. We could all do it, but I don't think you'd want to do 56 miles on a hill a hilly bike ride. Yeah, I'm gonna do the self preservation, and I guess I'll take the run slash walk portion because. <laughs> Um, I'm just afraid that, you know, when you swim in the pool, which I'm comfortable doing, but you get to the end and you got something to grab on to. And push off of. And push off of, and then you turn around. But I'm kind of worried about 1.2 miles without being able to touch anything. Yes. Like, do you know, like, 1.2 miles. So the way, there's 3,860 feet a mile. 5,280. I'm terrible. 5,280. I'm dyslexic, I'm telling you. Uh, there's no three in it. You can't blame dyslexia. Whatever. There's things coming into my head. Uh... So you're talking like you're talking like eight thousand. Those are called thoughts, Jake. <laughs> you're, talk, you're talking about like eight thousand feet in the water. Oh man, it took them twenty eight minutes. So let's 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 just finish off this trifecta like this. So let's say, let's say you're doing the swim, you're doing the run, I'm doing the bike. What do you think our finish time is? Oh God! How long do you think it? How long do you think it takes you to Wait, swim one point on. two miles? Because there's three of us, can we do it simultaneously to help cut <laughs> down on the time? It's gonna take me several hours. Several hours? Several. Like, at least three? And you think you'd survive three hours in the water without being able to, like, stand up or... We didn't say there was no assistance. Yeah. If we have... Okay. <laughs> just for just for safety purposes, James would have uh, arm floaties. Or a, or a boat nearby. <laughs> just to drag me with a ski rope. Put some skis on me. So, James, you say... It took them... Okay. Realistically, hey, give me okay. It took me. that. It took them twenty. The, the leaders. It took them twenty six to twenty eight minutes to do a one point two mile swim. Give Give me three and a half hours to do the half marathon. Thirteen miles. <laughs> you can walk it in that time, right? No, you can't walk. You can't walk it. I'd, I'd, have to, I'd have to move a little bit. I'd have to. I'd, I'd probably like jog a mile. Walk two. Jog a mile, walk two. I would say, well, I was thinking, okay, so a 56-mile bike ride. And I'd definitely be walking the uphill portions. Right. <laughs> Running the downhills. A 56-mile bike ride, so if you're going, whatever, 28 miles an hour, that'd take you two hours. No way that I'm staying at 28 miles an hour on a bike for that long. Oh. Average 17. I could do 56 in probably like three and a half hours. Maybe four if I don't stop for a couple right, bathroom let's, breaks let's and be a beer. Let's be conservative. We'll give you four. We'll give four, you four hours. Four for, for the bike. Yeah. I'll give myself four for the half marathon. Oh, if you can't finish 13 miles, by the time I finish 56, there's an issue. I don't have a machine that you are the me machine. places. You are the machine. <laughs> so hold on. That's four hours. That's eight, eight hours total. Plus whatever James is uh, swimming. Is. At least two. Minimum two. Okay, yeah. we'll give them okay. two point five. So we're gonna we're gonna get this Iron Man done in ten hours. Ten and a half if we're being, we're being generous. <laughs> the with last ourselves. place finisher yesterday was <laughs> nine hours and eleven minutes. All right, so we got somebody to keep our eye on. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got people to keep an eye on, so we don't drown. Like, help us out, man. I was I was putting this in perspective the other day, and I was saying, I mean, if you're if you're driving on a highway in a car, theory you're driving about seventy miles mm-hmm. in an hour. Yeah. These people traveled 70 miles, and the winner did it in under four hours. So a car's only two and a half as time, so three and a half as times fast as a human I mean, being. Four times guys, as fast. Those guys are going one quarter the speed of a car on a freeway. just under four hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For four hours. 350 Jake, longer. not so good with the just math Just stop the today. numbers, okay? <laughs> I'm not things. aware there would be math yeah. in this debate. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. I mean, but that is just—it's uh, just mind-boggling that somebody could. These people are insane. I've said this over and over again. When I covered Kyle Keel, the ultra marathoner who ran like 121 miles, when I went to the Bay Shore, when I go to Ironman, these people are crazy, guys. And there's nothing against them. I respect that type of crazy. I respect that type of crazy because it takes a certain type of crazy to do this crap. 
Honest to God. And with that said, this has been episode 90 of the Get Around Podcast. Thanks for joining our certain type of crazy. Yeah, thanks for it's joining. It's crazy that we're to 90. Yeah. Make sure you, uh, make sure you share, retweet, gif, jif, subtweet, you know, whatever you want to do with this podcast. But do it on social media so that we can see it. We'll get you entered to win two Jimmy John sandwich vouchers. Uh, we'll give those away next week. And, uh, you know, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about over the uh, course of this upcoming sports season. And uh, we look forward to getting back with you for episode 91, our Get Around Audible viewers, 7 and 4's Harrison Beebe, and anybody else that we forgot to mention. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the shout-outs out there. We're going to put them out there. This has been episode 90 of the Get Around Podcast. Thanks, and have a good one. Yeah.